Welcome to Sky's the Limit with your host, yours truly, Sky Estroff. everyone. Welcome to Sky's the Limit podcast with your host, Sky Estroff. Here I am. Um, I'm here today joined by my summer intern, Alexa. Today, we just thought it would be really interesting because she is 10 years younger than me. So we're technically in two different generations, Gen Z, Alexa, and millennial, me. I'm not an elder millennial. I'm an actual just like normal age to younger millennial, but we are coming from two different cultural touch points in our lives. And that really affects our language, our social media usage, and the way that we connect with each other. So we've kind of been internally having so many discussions about how we interact with people online and like how content should get to each other. And like, it's, it's a really cool thing that I don't know that like that many people are talking about with a millennial and a Gen Z coming together to talk through. I see so many videos on TikTok of like millennials hating on Gen Z or Gen Z being like, millennials give me the ick about this or whatever. And it's so much of othering another generation when we're both so impactful in our voices in social media and in language in this day and age. So I just thought like I put a list of questions together. Alexa and I are going to go through them together and just be like, what's our take on these things? What's trending? What are people attaching to? What are people, even if you're not a millennial or in Gen Z, like what are you attaching to on social? I know that it sounds kind of like, oh, social media. I don't need to hear about this. I'm on it and I don't need to think about it any other way. But it's kind of cool whether or not you work in social media or marketing, but like just to be aware of the content that you're consuming. I think that's first another episode down the road of like social media and mental health, but being aware of the content you're consuming and why is a good way to start knowing your boundaries in social media. So again, that's a tangent, but um, anybody can relate to this content. It's also like super interesting to hear takes of two different eras of social media and our approaches and our thoughts about things. So um, I, I think this is going to be a cool conversation. And like I said, it's just like bringing people together instead of yucking other people's yum, as I've heard before. It's kind of like a weird I don't know. Yes, that's like kind of a a weird expression, but like that's the only thing that came to mind when I was talking about this. And, you know, I'm just speaking what's on my mind without a script. This is what a podcast is all about. So um, without further ado, Alexa, um, you want to say hi to the pod? Hi, everyone. This is Alexa. Also yucking other people's yum. Very millennial. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I'd get a reaction out of you. So I just had to say it. And I also remember the first time I heard that phrase, like was in college and I was like, are you a grandmother? Like who says this kind of stuff? It's very like campy. It's very just, I don't know. It, it turned me off, but then I end up saying it every once in a while. Cause I can't think of another phrase that would match the moment, I guess. It kind of reminds me of the like phrase fun sponge or whatever. Have you heard of that? 
No. Tell me what the hell is like you're being sponge? a fun sponge. Like you're soaking up all the fun. Is that a positive or is that a negative? Negative. So like a okay, so I guess <laughs> I guess it would be like a fun sucker, like a but I guess that's like inappropriate in your or like sensitive content or something. I, I've only ever just heard like fun sponge before. So but it kind of reminds me of that. Okay. I mean, I think that like that phrase actually is better. I now if I just will say like if I wanted to say fun sucker or something, is that even the phrase? Like, honestly, we're recording this on a Friday. That might not be the phrase I'm thinking of. And the millennials out there, feel free to let me know what I'm thinking of. But like, I've never heard of fun sponge. And I think that works. And it doesn't seem as offensive. You know, it's like a very nice way to tell somebody that they need to just chill out a little bit and let the fun be had. Um. Okay, so let's get on into it. I, I've got a lot of topics. We're going to get through them as quick as we can. And I think these are things that everybody can relate to. Like I said, whatever generation you're coming from, you've interacted on social media. I'm talking all of the social medias, social media being the platforms which we're connecting with other people, where we're spending more time than in person with other people. So it's relevant to everybody's life. So the first thing that I was thinking about is like earlier this week, I was getting inundated with notifications on Snapchat. All of these things like popping up, driving me nuts all day long because my phone screen was up while I was working. And I was like, surely not this many people are Snapchatting me because I never use Snapchat. I will go on it daily because I look at like my memories on it. And that's truly the only time I ever use Snapchat. I think my last snap that I sent was I think like February of 2020 or something like that. Like I literally do not use Snapchat I will reply to like the three friends that send me their dog pictures on there because that's the only thing I care about anyways is like people's animals. But like, anyways, I open the Snapchat thing and it's just telling me that people in my contacts are on Snapchat and I should be friends with them or whatever. No, I don't want to be friends with them. And it just annoys me. And it's like Snapchat is trying to be relevant, but in my opinion, they're not relevant. But I wanted to know, are the Gen Z still using it? Now that you could like privately DM people and send a photo, is Snapchat a thing that you do? Or do you like look at it for memories like I do? Or like what's your experience with Snapchat? Honestly, I feel like I'm probably not the like reflection of all of Gen Z for this because I do not go on Snapchat that often, actually. I mean, I do look at my memories every day, which I think is a big like thing in Gen Z and just like honestly with everyone because me and my friends are constantly like sending each other just memories from a year ago or two years ago but so that's a big thing and then I think I mean people I feel like the biggest thing I use it for is just like snap texting my friends which I don't think that's like a popular like opinion of Mm. what people do But most people still just, like, send pictures and stuff back and forth. I don't even think I have any streaks. So I'm just, like, not the biggest fan. But I do like viewing people's stories, like, when I'm bored. I'll say that. And I occasionally will post on my story. Mm -hmm. But I actually – I think a big Gen Z thing is private stories on Snapchat. We all, like – most of us have – like at least me and all my friends, we all have private stories. You all like name it something funny and then you just kind of put like content, I guess, of 
stuff that's happening in your everyday life that's like funny or like relevant I guess just for you and like your close friends to see so that's a big thing okay so you are taking in that content differently because like no I don't have well first of all I haven't posted in a million years on Snapchat but like none of my friends have private stories that I've been included on either Mm -hmm. the closest thing that I can relate to on that is like ever having a streak and shout out to my brother for being the only person that I've had a streak with in like the past two years, probably because I literally don't use the platform. And I think it's just kind of like a funny, dumb thing that we do, but, um, interesting. Okay. So the private stories, but then I'm still just like, if you're posting, like, how are you posting on your Instagram stories versus how are you posting on a public or private story on Snapchat? public meaning to your friends still, but just not to everybody that you're friends with on Snapchat. Like, why would you take, are you duplicating content that you're sharing on your stories and putting it on Snapchat? Or is it like a completely different world altogether? Like the stuff that you're sharing on stories on Instagram, is it like more curated and Snapchat is like ugly or like, what's, what's the difference, you know? Yeah. The content is definitely not duplicated. Instagram is a lot more curated, like when I'm using the stories or just posting in feed posts. But Snapchat, I think on my main story, I personally always just if I'm like at a fun event or something like that, like I went to Summer Beer Fest last weekend, I posted a selfie of me and my friend on my main story. But then on my private story, it's like me and my friend got a picture with this random guy at that event who was wearing of like a t-shirt that said something funny on it and I put it on my like private snapchat story so that's kind of the difference it's more like the behind the scenes of like what's going on in your day-to-day life okay so then it's also like having the layer of private stories on snapchat is also it's like y'all are kind of being more aware of this being like your digital footprint for the rest of your life. And so you're like, okay, well, the funny stuff that we could have shared if we were an elder millennial or something that's going to scar us for the rest of our lives or not really. It's just a man with like a weird shirt, but it's just like the stuff that's like maybe a little bit more like, I don't know, the terms that are coming to mind are a bit extreme, like vulgar or something, but like just like living your life as like a college age person, there's a lot of interactions that happen that aren't like something that you'd want to share on your LinkedIn page one day, or you wouldn't want your future employer to see. Not saying that you're doing anything harmful or bad or offensive, but just saying that it's like, eh, it's not the best. It's not seeing you in the best light, you know, triple fisting beverages or something like it's more of like, your Snapchat private story is used just for those like moments that you only want to share with your closest friends that are like, we're all in on the joke. We're all this age. We're doing something weird. And like, this is our like weird little hub. Yeah. I would say that take is like very accurate. I mean, not just like humor, but also I would say like, it's a good way to kind of keep your friends informed on like what's going on in your personal life. Like, I feel like I see the most like humor on private Snapchat stories, but sometimes I'll see like a picture of my friend crying and they'll be like, I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything to like come up with right now, but (laughs) you know, like it'll be something about like they had a bad day or whatever. So it's just like kind of staying up to date with like everything that's going on in their lives, I guess that they like want to share. But I mean, sometimes, you know, like something happens, like you have a bad day and you want to share with people because you want like validation that you know like 
you're not in the wrong or something like that, you know? So it's just kind of a way to get that from like your closest friends. Okay. Yeah. That just makes me go down a whole mental rabbit hole of crying posts and everything like that. And like knowing where that's coming from, because, um, I could totally see that. I think like, as the segues into like Instagram reels and every, or not reels, stories, reels, Instagram presence, all of that. As we go into like Instagram stories and your presence there, I guess, what are you sharing there? Like for me and my friends and my peers and stuff, it really ranges. I mean, for me, I beat myself up like every single day. Cause I'm like, Oh, like my day is cool. Like I should be sharing it or like, or, you know, these are things that could be helpful to people or like this dish is amazing. I want people to know about it. And at the end of the day, I would say the dish photos probably make it on my stories more often than anything else, because I'm already taking the photo and it's just easier. But, um, my stories really aren't as robust as I want them to be because I'm just so crunched for time all the time. Um, and I don't have that like a strategy in place or anything like that. I'm just like, okay, if I have spare moments plus something interesting, plus it's aesthetic, then I put it on my stories. And then for my like feed, it's like, these are things that are like important for me to talk about. Like they're either and important I'm putting in like air quotes here, like important for me and my like business, but like important in terms of like supporting a restaurant or, um, being out at an event that I need to talk about or anything like that. But those are kind of the things that I share. And I know that I'm also in a different phase of life, not just being a millennial versus a Gen Z, but being in a career versus being a student. But I guess I'm also seeing so much curation at your age on social media too. So like, what is like yours slash your friends, like general strategy or thought process of like what belongs on a story versus what belongs on a feed post? That was my long-winded way of saying that, but just to give you some color. Yeah. Well, first I was going to say like me and my friends, none of us are have full-time jobs right now or anything so I feel like we do have like a lot more time on our hands just to like say oh we're going to this like event like let's take pictures and put it on our story or like post it like let's plan a post but your question was feed versus story Mm -hmm. I would say like so for that I think for me, I keep all of my like in-feed posts mostly like of myself, I guess, because, you know, it's like my Instagram and I'll, I'll have friends like in the feed. And like if I'm doing a carousel post, like maybe I'll put like a random picture in. But like the first one is usually always of me. And then for story posts, I feel like it's kind of all over the place. Like it's just anytime I'm going and I feel like I'm doing something cool or like getting an aesthetic picture, like I'm going to take that picture and I'm going to put it on my story. And then like, I have a ton of highlights on my Instagram feed. So I'll be like, what category does that fit into? And then I'll try to like curate it to like, I guess, fit into that. So that's my process, but. Okay. That's actually, that's enlightening. Thank you. It made me think of like 20 things, but I know we have a lot to get to. And like, if we feel the need and if the listeners feel the need, we can definitely do like a part two on this or something. But like, 
I just, with highlights too, like my highlights are so out of date. I have not categorized them properly. I mean, I think that might be something that it's like, you got a lot of time on your hands. Cause even when I look at like brands, Instagram, and maybe I'm just biased because I run a couple brands, Instagrams too. And I just, I, I think I file those more, um, up to date than I do my own personal Instagram, but that, I, that takes damn time to do that. I, do you also filter and categorize your saved posts? Like, do you do that? I actually went through a phase in high school where I would do that, but not anymore. I, I really save posts on Instagram. So that's not like a huge thing for me, but I was just about to say like for the Instagram, like highlight or yeah, the highlights. It's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people my age, at least like put a lot of time into their highlights. I mean, some people like don't care about highlights at all, but it's just interesting to see because I feel like, do people really view each other's highlights? Because I'll view like business highlights if I want to see like prices or like hours that they're open, but I'll never like go to some random person I'm following and like look through their highlights of like friends, like food, like stuff like that, you know? So I, it just made me think actually, like if people actually even look at my highlights, that's such a valid point. Like truly though, because also like, let's say you're vetting somebody that you don't follow, vetting them like how I do to see if I care to follow them or not. Like you're not going to go through their highlights because they could potentially see that you saw their highlight or something. So like you don't want them to know that you've like visibly vetted them or like kind of like Instagram stalked them in a way. So it's like, I would never, I wouldn't go through that route. Like if I'm like looking to follow somebody, I guess, which I don't know. I can't say this happens all the time. Maybe it's like a celebrity account or something. So then in that case, I'll look at their story. I'll look at their highlights if I feel like it, because they're never going to see that I've looked at their stuff. But uh, when I'm like deciding if I'm going to follow somebody, I look to see like how often they have like content. Let's say they haven't posted in two years. Why am I going to follow them? Unless their stories are always active and they're really like robust there. And then I guess like for me, like their content just has to hit home in some sort of way. Like, is it pretty dishes? Like a lot of times I I'm a sucker for following an account that just has like really pretty food or really pretty, pretty pastries. Like I'm getting tongue tied just thinking about it, but that, and like, Sometimes if it's like really innovative stuff, like I just followed this account because they are doing a partnership with Nordstrom and it's called pop-up grocer. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. Well, let me enlighten you to the world of pop-up grocer. So I really don't like follow that many new people like on the daily because it's just like, I like to know what I'm. I just like it to be curated in a certain way that I know what like brands I'm following, whatever. But um, I followed Pop-Up Grocer because I followed Nordstrom. They did a collab with Pop-Up Grocer, which is like kind of what the name in, like says that they are doing like a pop-up cool grocery store in Nordstrom. And like they do these in different installations like throughout the country and stuff. And they have all of these like really cool brands of food that like you can't find everywhere else. And it's just so colorful and cute. And like, it just made me feel this creative spark. So I was like, you know what? And I want to know what brands they're bringing in and all this stuff. Like, so I gave them a follow, but I guess through that, 
I don't think I looked at their highlights, but I looked at their feed and their stories. Um, anyways, that's what I'm going to like say is like a millennial approach to like deciding if you're going to follow somebody. And then there's also the people where it's like, oh, I'm just around them so much. I probably should give them a follow (laughs) because it's rude not to. But what about you? Like, are you vetting people or brands or things? And like, how do you decide on that? Like, how do you decide, oh, I'm going to follow them versus like save a post to remember this thing when I need it or something like that? Well, I feel like with personal accounts, like, and businesses, honestly, like I'm not so much looking for like how often they post. Well, actually, maybe with businesses, because honestly, for businesses, I find it overwhelming when they're posting like, every day each week like that's just it takes over my entire feed so I don't really like that and especially because the content can get pretty repetitive but for personal accounts just like people I'm kind of more looking less about like how often they're posting but more about like the quality of their content and that doesn't mean like you have to you know like go on an elaborate vacation and like I'm not trying to like say that but I'm just saying like how intentional they are with like what they're posting, I guess. But yeah, that's my approach to it. So that makes a lot of sense because I guess, I guess we kind of approach it the same way. So that's like a similarity, like that's in the Venn diagram of millennials and Gen Z's on social content is how we're deciding to like, um, pick who we're following. But that also made me think like when you were talking a few minutes ago too, when you do these photo dumps, I love a good photo dump. I love carousel posts. I think that like for a personal account, a photo dump or yeah, a photo dump is like way better than a reel that just is like kind of cringe, you know? I, I think photo dump is so fun. Now, I just was wondering like the strategy behind these like rogue random, like super zoomed in or blurry photos. Like, are we are we sending a message to people by putting like these weird like you know, zoomed in signs of things or just things that don't make sense. Is it an inside joke? Is it like different for every single person? Or like, what is the strategy behind like the weird photos in a photo dump, if you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's just me asking this as a dumb question or it's like, I feel like there's something to it that I'm missing here. Yeah. So for photo dumps, I feel like the content that people choose to post in those are things that they think are interesting, not necessarily what they think their followers are like interested in, which is kind of like the whole concept of a photo dump. It's like, you're not trying to like curate your content. Like you're trying to post what you want to post, but it's actually like, that could be a whole conversation in itself because people do like curate their photo dumps. So that's like a whole nother route. Like we could go down, but yeah, I feel like at the, at the end of the day, like it's whatever they think is like funny or like looks cool or whatever that they want to put in their photo dump. So that's, I think that's the process behind it. Cool. Um, I, I think that is enlightening because I'm like, is there some code that I like didn't know about that I need to know about or whatever, or is it like just random to each specific person? So I think that's like good for everybody to know too, that like, no, they're not, this is not some TikTok rabbit hole conspiracy theory that people are sharing. They're just sharing a random ass photo and we're just going to go with that. Um, So speaking of TikTok and rabbit holes and all of the things. So like when I'm on TikTok, my algorithm is pretty much 
food recipes, restaurant recommendations, predominantly coming from New York, which is just so true to form, um, and LA, also true to form. There are so many other great restaurant cities in this uh, country and world, but I get a lot of that. I get a lot of like European food stuff, and I also get um, some fashion stuff, some get ready with me's. And then like anything that's like current and happening. So like recently, you know, my whole feed was inundated with the submersible and like that whole drama that happened. And then it turns into Titanic conspiracy theories. And then I'm like, I got to stop watching more than two seconds of this, or I'm just going to be in Titanic talk for the rest of my life. So what does your algorithm consist of? Like, is that kind of an aging dating myself thing that I'm like, food and cooking and like a gorgeous home. Like these are the things that I'm thinking about because I didn't care at all about like home decor in college. So like, is that coming in your world or like, what do you look at? My feed is, I mean, some of the stuff you said, it's similar. Like my, I had a ton of stuff about this submersible like this past week. Mm -hmm. So I do get like kind of current events going on, but I would say like the majority of it is all just fashion stuff like fashion related even if it's not like intentionally like a brand trying to like sell something it might be just like someone posted a video and they're wearing a really cute dress in it and like you immediately go to the comments and all the comments are like where's the dress from so it's just constantly stuff like that and it kind of places videos of like people wearing things like I would wear like stuff like that so it's not directly like related to like a brand but you know it's at the end of the day like they're trying to promote something and then other than that I would just say like my TikTok feed is like full of humor so that's like the only other thing I can really think of so current events humor and like capitalistic stuff so <laughs> like capitalists like like, like trying like, to like business like I trying to sell stuff like it's all capitalism like they're trying to like sell consumers a product like even if it's not necessarily just like like I said a business it's like TikTok like that's how influencers have literally like come about because it's like they can you know post videos that aren't necessarily like sponsored but they're still promoting something very good point and it's just like it's also I mean another rabbit hole that we're not going to go down is just like the whole influencer thing because that is just such a long web of conversation. There's so many avenues that that conversation could go. But like when you first said capitalist, I was like, wait, like capitalist, like conspiracies or like government federal reserve stuff. Cause I was thinking about some stuff with Titanic conspiracies, but like, that's just where I was coming from on that. But okay. Like this is kind of a weird turn with the TikTok, but like, and again, could be seen as a dumb question coming from somebody like me, AKA a different age group than you. Um, so when you record TikToks, do you do it? And I guess this can go twofold too, when you're doing them with a group of people or like with a friend and when you do it with yourself, um, do you lip sync or do you actually say the words? Like, I'm just thinking of when you're like pre-gaming in college and you're like doing a dance or just doing a trend or whatever, like with your friends, like are you all just sitting there lip syncing together and like staring at a screen? And like, is there music playing in the background? Like set the scene for me of how, how you do it with your friends versus alone. And like, if there's a right or wrong way to do it, you think? I don't think there's like a right or wrong 
way to do it but I would say the majority of people probably do lip sync which is really weird to think about like whenever you're you know you, you see a video and like I don't know you see people lip syncing they've got a beautiful like view in the background like and you find yourself getting jealous just remember like they're literally standing there lip syncing <laughs> so yeah like I would say lip syncing but I mean for me like whenever I'm making videos sometimes like my lip syncing is not always like doing like looking the best so sometimes I will actually like say the words out loud so I can like make my mouth look more like what I'm saying but obviously there's not really like a difference like it'll come out looking the same so yeah <laughs> I guess that's just like a funny thing to me it's kind of like a learning curve with people getting on the app and like being more um present in their postings of things because when I started doing it and like last year I went through a phase where I started posting a lot and then it's just like like I was saying with like my stories and stuff I just don't really have the extra time because I'm devoting a lot of that energy into like my clients and stuff, but it's really fun. And like, if I could, I would do it all the time. Cause I like would do like TikTok Thursdays. So like on Thursdays I would record like five videos in a row and I'd have my trends ready to go. And I'd like have my like setup. And, um, I was like, Oh my God. Like I started on my first video and I was like, do I like talk? Do I just not like, am I saying this out loud? And I've always just wondered how people do that in the privacy of their own homes, because everybody does it a little bit differently. Um, and I guess that kind of brings me to another point too. Uh, a running joke is that like a lot of millennials are, <laughs> they're not on TikTok, but they're watching the same things that they're going to get on TikTok on reels like two weeks later. And some people of demographics that are outside of millennials, maybe a little bit older, maybe boomers or people that are TikTok resistant are getting the same exact content on Instagram reels, but it's later. And I guess, um, do you watch reels? Like, do you consume content that way? Or like, for me, when I go on Instagram, I'm just kind of, I'm going through my like main feed of all the people that I follow. I go through all the stories and like, that's how I consume it. I'm not going to a for you page and consuming real. But when I go on TikTok, I do not look at the people I follow. I just look at my for you page the whole time and just look at reels. I, I, excuse me. I was talking like a millennial. Look at my TikToks through the for you page and not through the people that I'm friends with. So is that the same approach that you're going for or how do you um, like look, do you look at the reels on Instagram and like your experience on TikTok too? Because I would imagine maybe since you have more people your age posting on TikTok, they're like, no, you should be like liking our stuff. Like, I don't know if there's more of a, like a pressury demand to like your peers content too. I don't know. Um, I would say I never look at like the for you page. I, I don't even know if that's what it's called, but like the Instagram version of the for you page for reels. I never look at that. But if a friend or like someone I'm following posts one and they're like, and it shows up in my feed, obviously, like I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'll like it, but I'll watch it usually. And then for TikTok, like I'm always just scrolling through my for you page, but I will look through like my following on TikTok because I mean, I follow like one my friends and then two like influencers or like brands that I like so I like you know I follow them because I'd rather like see their content more than just like every once 
like out of the blue on my like for you page. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's interesting. Cause like I probably should, because it's like, why am I even giving these people a follow? Like, what is the whole point if I'm not actually going there? But I just, I just put so much trust in TikTok that I'm like, no, they know I like them. Put them on my for you page, like whatever. But that's not always how it goes. So maybe I should even like explore doing that a little bit. But I think that's interesting because there are some people that are kind of adamantly like not getting a TikTok even to be a voyeur and they're just sticking with the reels. And I'm like, you're getting the same exact stuff, except a little bit worse, a little more diluted and a little bit late than what you would see on TikTok. So that's pretty funny. Well, I think that's for our big questions. I think that's good for today. But like this is getting into the nitty gritty. This is the hard hitting stuff that we really need to get into. This is the stuff that I am so curious about is social media icks. Like what are the things that make you cringe that go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm seeing this again. Like, because I guess also I come from a rarer point of view of somebody who manages multiple Instagram accounts, multiple TikTok accounts and a personal account. And so I'm flip-flopping, I think between 15 or so Instagram accounts throughout the day and maybe seven or eight TikToks. I can't even keep up or count. And sometimes I forget. So so let's just say it's more than one on all of these things. So I am inundated in the world of social media all the time. And it's um, and it's because it's what I do. So I see so much. I'm going to ick so much. There's some things that I see and I'm just like, no, enough. So I kind of want to go back and forth on like, what are some things that like are just like not doing it for you and making you go, ugh, I roll major. So like one thing that I keep seeing and like no offense to anybody listening, this is just my ick. This is my opinion. And this is because I'm coming from it in a place of the content that I'm consuming. So disclaimer there, this is not targeted or directed toward anybody. But what I am seeing are so many accounts in Atlanta and in other cities and in other places too of the same captioned greeting of like doing a reel and starting it with what's up Atlanta? And for some reason, I don't know why this is just my opinion, but it just like rubs me the wrong way because it's the same beginning of copy for every single post. And trust me, I get it. If you're an influencer and you're trying to crank out the content so that you can get those brand deals out there, like totally do it. But like, and I know that like, if that hook is working for you, great. And then keep doing it. Like if it works for you, then great. But for some reason, I can't stand when I hear the what's up Atlanta, I immediately mute you and I'll watch the rest of your video, but I just don't want to hear what's up Atlanta one more time. That's interesting. Um, I would say my like social media icks are obviously going to be very different because I don't run like a ton of brand accounts and, but just from like my personal account, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but especially on TikTok, like I get icks from like thirst traps, like showing up on my for you page. Like I, like I, I kind of mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Like if you think about it, like you're, you're viewing a person who just like clicked the countdown button, like made themselves look like, like positioned the phone like perfectly to make themselves like look appealing. And like, then they're lip syncing the words. Like, I don't know. And I mean, I do lip sync like videos on TikTok, but just I'm talking about like, what's it called? The red LED lights, like 
I don't know, that type of thing. And then I also just thought of this, like randomly, this also like very different from what you were just talking about. But I hate it when people post like them working out on their stories or like in their Instagram feed. I hate it. Like, I don't know. And people say like they just post it for like their progress or whatever, which I mean, if you do that, like good for you, you know, but I just don't know that I want to see it. But that's just like my opinion. So. Well, that's what it's all about here is we're just giving our opinion. So like, no offense, everybody listening, but like, no, I think. I think that's interesting. It kind of made me think about, I am equal parts intrigued and icked out by people showing what they eat in a day. Because on one hand, I'm fascinated by it. I studied dietetics in college. I live by and love food and literally like live to eat. And I also love to be a voyeur about what other people eat. I think it's so interesting to see like what other people's diets, um, you know, have to do with them. But on a certain other level, when I see it done in such a specific, they're curated so much. First of all, it's like when you used to read like People Magazine or something, maybe not you because you're too young, but like I used to love picking up a People Magazine and sometimes they'd have like the celebrity, like I eat this in a day. I think they might still have it honestly, but um, I was fascinated by it, but also equal parts like this is not true. This is not realistic. These are all brand deals that you're sharing on here. Or like if it's not a brand deal, it's just you're trying to look a specific way and it's maybe not even the healthiest for your audience to be watching and witnessing that. Like I saw one recently. Um, I won't say who the influencer was, but because um, no hate, no shade. I love this influencer. But it still was like a push pull of like what this person had eaten like one egg for breakfast, had done a two hour workout and then had like a pear, a couple greens of lettuce, and then like a steak for dinner. And I thought it was super irresponsible for somebody to be sharing that with such a public like presence. And then even though it's not like when you're doing a, what I eat in a day video to like tell people, this is what their red, this is their prescribed diet that they should be doing people look up to these celebrities and think like, oh, I want to be like that. And so now this person's going to like chop their diet in half or a fifth or something and eat one egg and a piece of steak and some lettuce during the day. So I kind of have this weird ick with it where I'm just like, oh no, they should not be doing this. This is irresponsible. But on the other hand, I'm fascinated. What do you think about those? So it's, I don't know, like, I I agree like it can be irresponsible if you're you know promoting like not eating that much like during the day but also another thing I was thinking about is like what if that's like actually what they eat during the day you know and I feel like it's kind of on both the person who's posting and the viewer to just like kind of figure out a balance because as a viewer like it I mean you're the one who's choosing to consume the content like you're watching that video or like looking at that post like all the way through you know like so if that's something that like affects you like you know you need to do what's best for you and scroll probably but yeah at the end of the day like it's how you let it affect you so but I do agree like I I don't know like if I was an influencer with like a ton of followers like Mm -hmm. that's just probably something I would like honestly just stay away from 
but I mean, people do post it, so it's out there. Yeah, I think that's true. It's like, it's not, I guess it's not exactly the same as an ick. It's like, like I said, it's yeah. kind of like equal parts. Like it's a push and a pull. It's like, I'm engaged with it. I think it's interesting. It does come up on my for you page all the time um, with people's stuff. And sometimes it does inspire me to like, oh, that's a good idea for a recipe. I should try that for lunch or something like that. But then there are other times where it's just like, so for the camera, I guess that I'm like, you clearly don't eat that. Like you eat something else or if they do, I'm like, well, Jesus, you need to eat some more or you need, but also that's me judging and like inserting me like into the situation. So you're right. Like that's maybe my own boundary of like, maybe I should just stop putting that on my page, but going on to like more icks, I would guess like a couple things that are also like, just like, you know, <laughs> not trying to be this person, but you know, like side-eyed at these kinds of things, but like, um, like when people put on their Instagram stories, like a horizontal photo, which either is posted with like the, you know, the bars of the gradient that it comes with, or they actually put the horizontal photo sideways on your phone. So then you have to turn your phone. It just bothers me. Cause I'm like, Oh, now I have to tap. I have to get through this. Cause I don't want to engage with this. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I hate seeing like horizontal like posts when it's supposed to be like a vertical Instagram story or just like even like in feed posts when I don't know, like if it's horizontal and like there's just a black like blank screen like above and below like the picture or whatever. Like I hate that. But that's I mean, I wouldn't choose to like put that on my feed, but it like if other people choose to it's fine just like what I prefer to view versus not view but that's very true well okay another another ick and then feel free to add one and then we're gonna wrap it up everybody because you know we could go on for days and days on this conversation there is so much to get through but like I still think it's so enlightening to hear both points of view on everything but like something else that's kind of an ick and sometimes not for me when there's like so many tiny stories at the top of your stories, like you have posted like 30 times in one day and you want everybody to see all of it. Now I say that it's kind of an ick because when people do that and nothing is aesthetic and nothing is telling me something cool or like giving me a good recipe or like showing me a, an experience that you've had or like telling so, some sort of story then I'm like confused and like, I don't need to see your shoes and then you're walking outside and that like there's certain things where it's like if you're gonna post that much can you make it interesting for me no offense to everybody listening but then there's other ones like for example I'll say this because it's in a positive route but like I don't know if you know um the account slash jewelry designer Stephanie Gottlieb do you know who that is I don't <laughs> okay well I'll get you on her profile after this but she posts a ton and she must have her team like Whoever is on her team, like one day, I hope that they can come on this podcast and talk to me because I am so intrigued how they crank out the most beautiful aesthetic content so frequently with a founder, a woman founded business, like leading the charge. And it's like a lot of content around her, but it's like also her fashion and the jewelry being promoted, but like in this different way, I think they do an excellent job as a team, but like, anyways, she posts so many stories every day, so many. And for a moment in time, I was a little overwhelmed by it, but now I'm sucked in. I mean, it's just like, it's something that you would like Alexa. Cause you're saying you like fashion posts and everything. And like her fashion is on point. The jewelry is like 
just exquisite. And all of it together is pretty much just her on vacation or in cool destinations all the time wearing all of it. So it's fascinating. So I love seeing her having a ton of stories, but in general, I'm hesitant to even open up that story because I'm like, oh, good Lord, I'm I'm investing my time into this. And it's like, I know what I'm going to get when I look at the Stephanie Gottlieb stories because I know what to expect. But with other people, I'm like, do I want to waste five minutes right here? Or, you know, do I want to flip through and go somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. So I completely agree with like the a billion stories thing. I don't like clicking through like a ton, like all in one day, but just one more ick that I can think of is something that me and Sky talked about earlier. And it's actually like social media slang. Like, and it's not necessarily like always an ick, but I'll explain when it becomes an ick. So just like terms like slay or like queen, just stuff you see all the time on like TikTok that it started out like funny, but then like it kind of turned into something that like people say in real life, like constantly. And it's just like an indicator of like, like you being chronically online is what I feel like no offense to anyone who like uses those phrases a lot but yeah I don't know like I feel like it's not I don't know necessary I guess to include or it just it doesn't sound like something someone would actually say like in real life first of all I think chronically online is such a good phrase like I'm already like I, I want to print that on something like that's kind of a happy and a sad thing all in one for the story of my life chronically online. But like, yeah, no, I think it's interesting with the slang terms. When I hear slay, I'm immediately talk about ick. I literally think I say ick out loud when I hear slay because I just, I don't get it. I don't like it. I remember a couple of weeks or months ago, I was shopping in Athens at Cheeky Peach um, and I love that store, but I was in there and like the person who was helping me was so nice. And, but I gave her my dresses and she's like, Ooh, this dress slay. And I was just like, what do I say back? Like, I don't even know what to say to you, but like, it bothered me. So I was still very nice to her. And I think she's a very nice, pleasant person. And I'm not holding it against anybody who says it, but slay really bothers me for some reason. Um, but I also think, it's kind of like some of these terms are so specifically defining an element or emotion that you experience while watching a video or um, interacting on social media that it's like, okay, saying, <laughs> I don't know, this just came top of mind, but like saying like bombastic side eye or something. It's like, I mean, first of all, overused, it's cringe please don't say it out loud people. But at the same time, it's defining something that can only be understood in that phrasing because people have experienced that from being chronically online. So it's like, I get it. There are some terms where it's just like, oh, I roll, you sound like you have, you need to take a screen break is what it sounds like. I hear when I hear that. Yeah. I was going to say like, I comment I mean, I've commented slay on like my friend's pictures before. I don't know. I've never commented side eye, but I, I mean, I wouldn't judge someone who commented side eye on a TikTok. It's just if you're bringing that into your like everyday vocabulary and saying it, especially in like a school setting or something like that, like I, there are people who do that and it's just like, keep it in the comments online, you know? 
Yeah. Okay. Bottom line here, there are appropriate places to have that. And there are inappropriate places, AKA like maybe a work conversation. The good thing is in our work conversation, it's all about social media. So you can say what you want, but like, just don't say slay because it's annoying. But like also just on a side note, which we can talk about in a future time is just like, I, who would ever want to say side eye on a comment anyways, because that's rude. You should only put positive things in the comments, whole other situation. But anyways, I think for today, y'all have gotten a lot of content and insights from us. And so, um, I think we're going to just let it wrap there. Our brains have been working on overdrive from being chronically online as we've just been saying, but, um, Thank you so much for listening to this. Hopefully this was insightful. Maybe this could help you with a brand you're working with or for your own personal, just nuanced takes of what you're experiencing on social media or just awareness about what's out there. Um, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Feel free to DM or email me and tell me if there's any like icks or any social media questions that you have because like I've said, I spend a lot of my day every day having to interact on social media for my job. And so I may have some stuff that I can answer for you. And just from my experience for the past eight or nine years of doing this, um, I, I've, I've seen the whole gamut. I'm here and I'm here on the other side of it too. So, um, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Um, you can DM me at sky Estroff sky.estroff is my handle. Yeah, I should probably know that if I'm talking about social media. And my email is sky-estroff. Nope, that's wrong too. Okay. My Instagram handle is at sky.estroff and my email is sky.estroff at gmail.com. And um, the only reason that I'm like completely blustering and all of that is because it's Friday and I just like don't have all of my marbles in my head right now. But like, um, thank you to Alexa for guest spotlighting in this podcast. I really appreciate you. And thank you to everybody who's listening and supporting sky's the limit, because it means a lot to me. It really does that y'all would take the time out of your day to listen to my mouth, go on and on about certain things. And just, it's supporting a small woman owned business. So I appreciate you. Um, I hope that you keep listening and tuning in every Tuesday. We'll be launching new episodes and, um, yeah, you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, any place you want to listen to. It's also going to be linked on my website. Again, that's sky-estroff.com. Um, and yeah, thanks, y'all. I hope you have a wonderful day. And just like, remember, sky's the limit, okay? Thank you so much for listening. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode of Sky's the Limit, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along in the meantime on Instagram at sky.estrop or sky-estrop.com. See you next week.